Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Friends, welcome to the season of Advent. We are in the midst of our Advent journey as we prepare our hearts and minds for Christmas. And here at Bethany Lutheran Church, our theme for this Advent season is hope in different locations. And so I wanted to bring a piece of that to the podcast. However, I know how successful this whole Staff Stories series has been and that there are staff members I still haven't gotten a chance to sit down and talk with. So for these weeks of Advent, we're going to be kind of combining both of these. I'm going to be continuing continuing to talk with members of the Bethany staff, but I'm going to be talking to them about hope and where they've encountered hope in their lifetime. This first episode for the first week of Advent is me and Pastor Gary. You've probably heard of him. He's coming back on the podcast. And this is a great chance for the two of us to not only discuss this idea of hope and where this came from as we developed a theme for the Advent, but also for us to just sort of lay out uh, what the season of Advent can be all about and how you can embrace this journey. So I really hope you enjoy it. We had a lot of fun talking about it. We love doing these episodes where we kind of prepare you for the liturgical season we're moving into. So here it is, a conversation with Pastor Gary about Advent hope. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Together for Good podcast. As you probably know, uh, in recent weeks, probably about the last eight weeks, we've been interviewing people from the Bethany staff and hearing different staff stories. And largely, I've been just kind of allowing the staff members to take it whatever way they want. And whatever they wanted to talk about, that's the direction we went. Well, I'm changing things up just a little bit. As we move into the season of Advent, uh, we're going to be focusing on hope here at Bethany Lutheran Church. And so I brought on the man, the myth, the legend, Pastor Gary Sandberg. You're right here with me. Hello. Hey, Pastor Nate. How are you today? I'm great. Yeah, thanks for hopping on. And uh, because Pastor Gary has all sorts of thoughts about hope, I'm sure. But also, Gary, I want to kind of give you a chance so we can even talk together a little bit about this theme of Advent as well coming up, which is right. hope in different locations is kind of what we've titled it. So just tell folks a little more about that. Yeah, it's been so great to see the passages from Isaiah that talk about mm. places that were really common in Isaiah's day, but sometimes are a little less common to us. We don't normally spend time in the fields unless you're actually a farmer now, but that would have been very common. Everybody would have known what it meant to cultivate a field yeah. and so forth in Isaiah's day. But then we're also going into a forest to talk about that sense of hope that comes when life springs in an unlikely place. And then we'll go into the wilderness and talk about the way hope is as if a stream broke out in the midst of a desert. And so there are so many vivid imageries, and I'm really excited that our lectors went on location yeah. for Advent for us to experience hearing about hope in locations. And so we're actually going to see them on location reading. It's really going to be fun. Yeah, it, it was cool that the whole genesis of this project, too. We were sitting around this very table, I believe, you and yeah, I. I think so. Looking ahead to Advent and seeing what the readings are that's assigned, like you said. And there's all these Isaiah readings that just give us these different pictures of where hope can show up and where God promised hope to show up. Right. And particularly what's most important of that is it showed up in places that looked you know, through your eyes that seemed hopeless. Mm. And so for Isaiah to go to great extremes to talk about the hope that comes from the most barren of places, I think really speaks to maybe where we are sometimes in the world, especially if we consider how people have looked at world events. They look yeah. at world tragedies. They look at personal tragedies. 
And you can say it's hard to find hope because we normally want to think about God showing up in the places where everything's well and good and fine. And then God just brings more joy to a joyful situation. But now we realize that, that the prophet tells us that God actually moves into those places that seem mm. without hope because it's in those places that we cry out to God the most. That's really poignant. And I think, too, I mean, it's part of this whole time of year. It strikes me that uh, I've always remembered there's a line in Home Alone, which is an <laughs> awesome Christmas movie. Um, and and the, the mother, played by Catherine O'Hara, like shouts about, like, it's a season of perpetual hope, something along those lines. I think I'm getting the movie right. And, and yeah, like that's we for whatever reason, we've always it seems like we've always associated hope with this whole like season leading up to Christmas. Certainly. And I mean, it's probably because, right, I, I'm guessing it, it has historical roots as the days get darker and darker heading towards the winter equinox that for, you know, ancient people, it's like, well, like, is, is the world ending? Like, oh, what's sure. like what's going to happen? And Christmas is sort of like that turning point as the light starts to return. Um, so it has all these ancient roots, but I'd be really interested in hearing you talk about how you feel like this this theme of hope is still relevant for us today. Obviously, you kind of mentioned there's lots of tragedies. So like, yeah, sure. why, why should we, as Christians in 2022, heading into 2023, still have hope? Right. And part of what we would probably realize through that is, although I'm not considered a tremendous student of history, but would know enough about cycles of history that would tell us that nothing lasts forever, hmm. except for when we look at the lens of hope through Christian eyes, then we might say, well, of course, there's only only one thing that, that lasts, lasts forever. forever. So yeah. part of that also means that darkness does not last forever. Uh-huh. And we'll hear proclaimed, uh, as, as I think you're going to do on Christmas Day, the coming of the light, which right. is so much a part of that. There would be no excitement about the coming of the light if it weren't for darkness. Yeah, It's the fact that light breaks into the darkness that is the hopeful oh, word that yeah. comes to us. So part of that understanding of hope is to understand that it's not hopeless when you're in a situation that might feel more desperate. Yeah, but That's the place where hope actually becomes so much more poignant, so much more real to virtually anybody who's resting in that place. Yeah, just so much more important, absolutely, of, of having to, when you find yourself in moments that break your heart, that are incredibly difficult, that you're wondering how to hold, that is probably the moment when hope can take root. That's it. I mean, it's just an interesting thing about the concept of hope that it, it's so illusory like that. You know, you can't, um, what, what are you hoping for if you have everything? Um, you know? <laughs> right. um, so, I mean, well, t- t- let's get a little more personal about this too. Um, like what, what is it that gives you hope personally? Um, obviously, like things are things are going well here, right? Um, yeah. And yet, there's still a lot that troubles us. Sure. And so, there is still reason for hope. So, yeah, like what what is making you hopeful these days? You know, in some ways, we realize that we're in a place of an embarrassment of riches at Bethany. Mm. We feel like that at times. But what I think it is is a place where we say, when we talk about preach about teach about and live out moments that expect the best to come out of people. 
So we expect generosity to flow from people. Mm -hmm. And we just saw that with the Thanksgiving bags that we know uh, Lutheran Family Services has distributed. And Bethany brought in so many of those that are going to bring the hope of a simple meal to somebody at Thanksgiving that they might not have had. I know that when the giving tree goes up here that people are going to go out shopping for people they will never meet but to buy them really essential things that'll get them through uh, a cold winter season. And so what I see over and over happening, even even to the fact that as we're filming this right now, Mm -hmm. it's Thanksgiving Eve. So we're talking with each other. (laughs) And, you know, we put out this, this note to people that say, hey, we'd love to just sit around and eat pie together on Christmas (laughs) Eve after a beautiful Holden evening prayer worship service. Uh And we would sit there and think, what if only five people signed up to bring a pie? Then that's a lot of pie for me. Well, that's what we'll have to eat. (laughs) But it was that we just hope enough people come through and it does. And so what I find is that There are times when we need to think about hope on the really grander scale. But the way we'll get there is to realize the small steps of hope that just appear in our lives all the time. That Mm -hmm. people come through in ways where generosity still reigns over scarcity. Where abundance still puts to rest ideas that there will never be enough. And that even in our world, when we hear of uh, something like uh, the Ukrainian army taking back a city, mm. finding destruction there, but realizing that people want to come back and rebuild. There's a sense of rebuilding that does create hope in the midst of, again, what has to look like a very desperate situation in, in a city that was bombed so fiercely. Yeah. That people come back into that place and find hope. My goodness, if that can happen in war-torn countries, why in the world would I have any concerns about the small pieces that enter into my world? Yeah, that's a, I mean, putting things in perspective like that, I think is really helpful a lot of the times. Um, well, and it's putting things in perspective as well. I, I liked what you said at the beginning of that about like the embarrassment of riches here at Bethany. So I'm, I'm thinking back, you and I had attended a Rocky Mountain Synod conference last Saturday mm-hmm, right. that, that we were asked to be, you know, that they invited um, people to attend. And the question was, what are you worried about? Right. Um, which was so funny because I was like incredibly stumped by that. Um, but what I arrived at, what I arrived at, I didn't even get to tell you this yet. What I arrived at is like, I think what I'm worried about is that um, Bethany like wouldn't take advantage of all that we have, oh, sure. of the of the incredible like staff that, that that's been created here, of the, you know the generous members that we have, yeah. and I realized you know like it's I know it's not at all what they were looking for at that <laughs> conference, and that's fine by me. Um, but it's also like it, it, you know the the positive spin is like it's not actually that I'm worried about. It. It's like I'm incredibly hopeful and excited about oh, yeah. how all of these things line up. And I think that's the interesting thing about hope too is that it isn't always so. Um, uh, naive. I feel like there's some some naivety with with hope, where it's just like, oh, like you're just hopeful for no good reason. Right. But it can also be really based in reality and really like a way of orienting yourself towards the future. Oh, sure. Right. And so, with that in mind, I mean, what are like even here specifically? Are there things that you are hopeful, optimistic, excited about as you think about Bethany's future? Yes, what I'm excited about and I would say hopeful for is that 
other congregations, as well as people who live outside of Denver, as well as those people who are still wondering about, is there a congregation where they can feel that they have a place? That mm. my hope is that Bethany continues to be a place that opens up to new possibilities yeah. within our midst. What we do right now, we do really well. And here's the important thing, and you did this so well as we invited new members in a couple of weeks ago, is you invited the congregation to accept the gifts and talents of these new members. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's exactly it. So rather than saying, Bethany is a place where you can come and be like us. Right. To say, I am so hopeful that Bethany will become the place where people bring their gifts and change us yeah. in ways that make us more faithful, in ways we didn't even know how to be faithful. But their relationship with God will allow all of us to grow. And, and hopefully ours will, too. I mean, not, not that, yeah. not that uh -huh. everything we do is going to be totally different because 30 new people join the church by any means. Yeah. But I'm so hopeful because Bethany seems to be a place that we adapt to new energy, new ideas, new ways of relating to God. And mm -hmm. so in a way, what's funny is I'm hopeful for the unseen yet. Because yeah. I have no idea what the gifts of next year's new members will bring us. That's I'm cool. so hopeful because I know Bethany will not just welcome them and not say, oh, come. And, and in a year, you'll be just like us. But in a year, we're going to grow together. Yeah. That's really it. That's, that, I think, is the epitome of hope, is to understand that we will continue to grow because new people will bring new ideas. Oh, I love that. That's really great, Gary. I mean, and, and what's striking about what you just described there in this, this circumstance is that hope kind of presupposes change. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, like, right. which makes people uncomfortable, I'm sure. It's funny when you say that, but that's true. It's totally true. Of like when you're, you know, when you're, as we were talking about earlier, like if you're in a dire situation, yeah. you want it to change and that's what you're hoping for. Right. And in the same sense, like, yeah, when things are going well, like, no, hope kind of means that things will be different no matter right. what. Right. <laughs> uh, that, that's just really interesting to kind of think about that detail and, and what that means for, um, yeah, how we, how we interact and how we embrace hope. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, Advent will be this time when we get four weeks, this opportunity to really hone in and, 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 and talk about and, yeah, like discover new elements of what hope means. Right. Um, all sort of preparing us for Christmas. And so I know you and I both love the way that Advent prepares and moves us into. Yeah. And so how, how do you, how do you think, or how do you see that might possibly be playing out? Like what, what's our hope? What's your hope <laughs> for the people of Bethany as we journey through Advent, you know, talking about this theme, but then making us way, ultimately preparing for this great Christmas celebration? Sure. I think the part of that then is to realize that Advent is a time of growth in that sense of yeah. hope. That we don't just say, well, here's four different themes and we'll explore them. But there's actually a progression through them. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. And we, we try to do that in worship, to actually show a progressive. One of the things that you can't miss is the fact that we do an Advent wreath. That's a natural way of seeing yep. progression happen. But you hope that happens with people's lives. That they'll understand that Advent is not for static Sundays, and then we get to Christmas. But Advent is a chance of growing us toward a Christmas celebration. So we're really 
we're ready to take hold of it in a new way. Yeah. When we get to Christmas Eve and on uh, this day, especially with Christmas Day being a Sunday, that there's just something, an extra element of celebration that comes to it if you've allowed yourself to grow with the season itself. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just a piece that I really long for for more people to understand and really embrace too, is that sense of how the, these four weeks lead us up to, you know, a story that we know. And anyone, yeah, exactly. you know, anyone right. can recite Luke chapter two, right. um, almost verbatim. Yeah, Linus could do it when <laughs> Linus... he was like eight. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Linus could do it when he was eight. Um, and, and so there's something strange about telling the same story as last yeah. year. You know, yeah. like you're not going to give the same Christmas Eve sermon because right. people would be upset about that. <laughs> right. But in the same sense, it's the same gospel story year after year. Yeah. And... A season of Advent gives us the chance to, to to tune our hearts to kind of change the way that we might hear it this year, sure. which is really, you know, what a cool opportunity of these ancient promises, these stories that have been told for 2,000 years plus, and yet we might get the chance to meet them in a new way and discover something yeah. new about it. Right. That's, that's really the sense of hope, is that something new will come about. Yeah. That in a, in a way, as you've said, everything you hope for and hope is some kind of change of where things are right now. Uh-huh. And most often, that will not result in getting back to how things were, right. but instead living into a new future. Yeah, exactly. Instead living into a new future, which also ultimately is what Christmas is about. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to spoil whatever Christmas podcast we might record <laughs> for your Christmas Eve sermon. Um, but I mean, very much so. It's a, it's a new birth. It's a new life. It's a new chapter. It's a new testament, a new right. promise, a new covenant. Yeah. And maybe the difference in that is there's so much hope we have for the season of Advent for people's lives without knowing what that's going to turn into for them. I mean, mm. I hope for you during Advent, but I don't know what that'll mean for you. It yeah. won't mean that we all arrive at the same place yeah. or at the same time, but we all have some growth that we can experience. And yeah. the hope is that everybody has that in their own personal way. And that might be in contrast to that ultimate hope that we talk about when we talk about Christian hope. Right. Because there it's really worth stating that in a way there's a hope that comes at resurrection that we might bring this back up at an Easter podcast who knows <laughs> as part of that but it's worth saying now in the midst of hope because someone just asked recently that we will oftentimes oh, on our yeah. prayer list to talk about yeah the hope of the or the, the comfort and hope of the resurrection right when somebody passes and we pray for that and so somebody asked me a really good question they said why do we pray for the hope of the resurrection? Are we not quite sure that's going to happen? That we yeah. have to hope for it. And, uh-huh. and, and, I, and I thought about that and I went, no, I use that word really intentionally. But I think there's a difference between hope in the world and a, a spiritual hope that we find in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so the hope that I have for the resurrection might be called a sure and certain hope. And I and I, I, I replied back saying, it's the understanding that I am absolutely 100% certain in the resurrection, but I still hope for it because I haven't experienced it yet. Yeah. But it's different than me hoping that this weekend uh, the Buckeyes beat that team up north. You know, that that's a hope that I have. It's a big game this weekend. But it's a big game this weekend. <laughs> 
it's not sure and it's not certain. It doesn't mean I'm any less hopeful for it, but it's very different uh-huh, uh-huh. from the hope of the resurrection. That's something that has already been what in my in my view it's already guaranteed but not yet experienced. Yeah. So I hope for that which has yet to be experienced in a way that's beyond my description. And I think that's the part of hope. Yeah. It's beyond my description. So I the only way I can describe it is by talking about a sure and certain hope that comes to us in Jesus Christ. I think too, the the piece just hearing you explain it and I you know, you copied me on that email exchange as well. So knowing that whole situation. Um I, I think too what's really valuable is the way that by, by, by framing it in terms of hope too, I feel like that's respectful of the grieving that people are going through. Good point. Right? Like if we just say, you know, because the prayer list is always for like the friends and family of the individual who right. has passed, yes. that they would have comfort and hope in the resurrection. And I feel like that's very, yeah, it's very pastoral because it speaks to the fact that they're going through a lot right now. Yes. And, and they, might, they might not be feeling exactly 100% certain and sure that sure. everything's going to be all right. right. And so we pray for, their, for, for hope because hope is this thing that can kind of hold the tension of the right now and the not yet. Yes. You know, that to use real theological language. I mean, and just kind of related to all that too. We talk about things in church that, like this all the time that, that we – we believe in something, we have a sure and certain hope, and yet we recognize that it has not yet taken place. Right. Um, the, at communion, we use the language of a foretaste of the feast to come. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, we, we glimpse this, right? Like sure. There's something happening here. This is really important. And yet we know it's not the fullness of the promises that God has for us. Right. And so that's, I think that's where hope kind of fills in the gap, so to speak. And so that way, if we talk about that in terms of Advent... We are talking about that very movement. We're hoping for something that's already been given. Yeah. You know, Jesus has already been given to the world. And my sense is, I hope that Jesus comes into my life in a new way, mm-hmm. in a way I haven't experienced yet mm-hmm. at Christmas. I mean, that could even happen at Advent, of course, sure, along sure, the sure. way. But to understand that there's something about that growth, that culmination, I still hope for my relationship with God to grow. Yeah, And I think the season of Advent allows and gives us that opportunity in so many dynamic ways. I totally agree. It's it's my favorite season. Everyone's heard me, you know, hyper <laughs> about this. Um, just want to say it on the podcast for posterity's sake. Advent hymns are the best <laughs> hymns of the year. I make this point every year. Um, so I'm excited for all the singing and all the music. And yeah, just a season leading up. Um, get to slow down and... And prepare my heart in, in my own personal way while also leading folks through that. So, um, hey, I uh, really appreciate you. Thanks for hopping on the podcast and just this conversation. This is always super fun when Gary and I get to sit down and record these. And I hope, dear yeah. listener, that you enjoyed this. Um, share it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. As always, stay in peace.